morning. This is the day the Lord has made us rejoice and be glad in We come to lift up the name of the Lord as we sing the hallelujah chorus. And may you welcome the join us to our voice one more time saying hallelujah. Can you lift your voice and say? He woke us up this morning. Bless us with brand new grace and mercy. Our God is worthy to be praised. He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. He is host of hosts. He is almighty. Our God, our provider. Our rock and our shield. He is our redeemer. Are we going to bless him on this morning? For another opportunity while we have breath in our lungs that we may worship him and adore him. Father, we just thank you for allowing us one more time in this place, one more time right where we are, to worship you, to acknowledge you, to bless your holy name. Father, bless us, guide us, direct us, as we continue to worship, as we want to worship you in the spirit and in the truth. We thank you, O oh God, that you are God alone, and we worship you. We adore you, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We greet you in the master's name of Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And to our brothers and sisters across join us again, we'd like to welcome you to worship and fellowship with us a little something like this.
Amen. We thank God for his love uh, never fails. Father, we are grateful for the evidence of your great love towards us as expressed in sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. Father, we are open to hear a word from you as we want to remember the sacrifice on the cross and how we want to live, Lord, in a submission and obedience carrying our own cross. So, Father, help us right now that we might see Jesus and have your word hidden in our hearts, that we might not sin against you, and that we walk according to your will, Lord, we pray. Amen. As we continue to walk through this book of Galatians, we are now concluding our time in this letter uh, here in the sixth chapter. Paul gives his final advice uh, to them. And in this final advice is an exhortation, basically, that we want to walk this out. And I'm going to deal with the subject matter this morning about boasting the right way. Paul is trying to encourage them not to lose focus on the minuscule and minor, minor details, but yet focus on the essentials of what matters most. Oftentimes, the church, we can get divided and separated on the things that do not matter, and we lose focus on the things that are essential. This letter written by Paul to the Gentile believers in Galatia who are being attacked by a group who are in opposition with the Gentile Christians and placing the law over them and not teaching them the subject matter of the grace and the cross of Christ. Paul now is trying to show grace and show mercy in teaching them and helping to appeal to them to remember the gospel message they first received. We pick up in his closing exhortation on this letter in the 11th verse of the 6th chapter of Galatians. New Living Translation reads this way. Notice what large letters I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting. Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look good to others. They don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save and even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves. Mm. They only want you to be circumcised so they can boast about it and claim you as their disciple. I'm sick of pen right there. We'll pick it up. But notice how he's pointing out to them that the cross should be our focus. Focusing on the cross will allow us to focus on what the cross represents. Circumcision is not salvation, for salvation is only found in Christ through the cross. And so I want to encourage us to have a changed life that's demonstrated by how we are submitting to the cross of Christ and living a life as a new creation, a new creation in Christ. May I highlight to us that we want to talk about today about what does the cross represent? And here's a, I want to make specifically and clear to us that we're not just talking about any cross, but we're talking about the cross of Christ. Because whose cross we're talking about is whose cross we ought to seek after. Mm. 
And so think about the cross that we want to seek after and what it represents. Before I get into that, let's first talk about what we boast about. We boast about a lot of things. Boast can be defined as speaking of these abilities or characteristics in a manner showing pride or self-satisfaction. In the Bible, the word also has a more positive connotation to glory in. And so think about how we boast and why we boast. I, I love hip-hop. Those who've been listening to me preach a long time know I love hip-hop. And one thing of what I loved about hip-hop was all about braggadocio and boasting. Uh, one of my favorite tracks I remember was an artist named Special Ed, and his title of the song was I Got It Made. And he wasn't the best rapper out there, but yet he came out with his one hit track that was a record basically talking about I Got It Made, well, no rapper better than me. And that's when he came out and said, I got it made. It's just, just talking about what he got, that he got a solid gold bone. He got things that we really don't have. But he's rapping about, like, this is what I have, braggadocious rhymes. So that's hyperbole. We, hip-hop in the beginning days was hyperbole. They didn't have none of that stuff, but they brag about what they did have. And so braggadocious, we know about bragging and boasting, who got the best and who has this and who has that and how we demonstrate. I want to show you and boast about my wealth and my opulence by wearing name brand. Hip-hop made it popular about having name brand plastered on everything. Matter of fact, that was that was knockoff. That wasn't the original stuff. But Gucci and all them liked it that they took it. And they sued the people that did it. But now Dapper Dan works for them. Because they understood that you can't sue me and then take my my fashion, my sense, and make money off of me. They got caught up and said, oh, we got to pay the man. <laughs> because he was a genius. And so when you see people who seen all that Gucci, Louis Vuitton, logo, mention mess up, that was Dapper Dan. That's why they had it on their album covers, and that came from them. And so they understood that, okay, braggadocious boasting, oh, that sales, that works. Think about how we boast socially, how when you come into our house, we boast of what we like. People have, this is a, a praying house, right? Life, love, and peace. Right? We're boasting that this is the atmosphere we want in this household when you walk in here. This is what we're boasting. We boast our family, right? We have pictures of family members of. I tease my mother when I go to visit with her because I'm the baby of the bunch of three of my children. So there's some pictures I'm not in. I say, oh, mom, you don't love me, huh? You don't have me in these pictures up here, right? We, we boast about things that we have. So we put pictures up that we want people to know that we're proud of. There's certain pictures we have in our wallets ready to show people. But now we keep it on our phone. Here, let me show you. We boast on our social media. Look where I am. Look how I'm living. Look at my vacation. We display flags and banners. Depending on what neighborhood you live in, you can find out, you know, what sports team they like, right? They'll, they'll hang it up. The team's winning. You're going to see that flag of that team up. The team's not winning. You might like to see the flags up. Y'all don't hear me. And so we understand we boast about a lot of things. Companies even boast about bad products. They'll put a commercial up, try to advertise, say, hey, this is the best thing you'll ever get, and trying to make profit off it. But when it's bad, they will retract those ads. So the pitfall of boasting is that sometimes we boast about the wrong things and we make it the main thing. Verse 13, let me highlight. And even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves. They only want you to be circumcised so they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. One I highlight here is that oftentimes when we boast about the things I've mentioned previously, we don't really circle our lives around it. But there's moments and incidents that we're proud of, that we celebrate. But what Paul is pointing out here is that be careful of the principles you boast, the lifestyle that you boast, that doesn't line up to truly who you are. 
the, 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 the Gentile Christians are trying to understand what it means to be a Christian, but, but they're receiving this from Jews, and now they have Jews telling them that you're not doing it right. You need to be circumcised in order for you truly to be saved. And now they're receiving contrary teaching and lifestyle saying, well, well, well then what is grace? Well, then what is mercy? If I've got to do this, if I have to perform works, if I have to do this in order to become saved, then, then why did Christ die on the cross? And so Paul is pointing out to them the hypocrisy of this teaching of what they're boasting about. But then he shows us that even what they're boasting, they don't do themselves. See, be mindful of people that tell you to boast something, right, but they don't try themselves. That's how, how they tell you how to buy a car, right? When you care of a car salesman selling you a car, you ask them, say, did you drive this car? Would you buy this car? And when they start to stutter and stammer, unless you understand that it's not as good as they're selling you. Right. When, when I want to boast about something, mean I will invest in it. I will put my stake on it that I will truly uh, uh, make it mine. But when I can't make it mine, then I don't really boast about something that does not make me feel good about myself. I'm talking to somebody. See, we boast about things that we get some 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 gratification from. Right. Hence why I boast and my chest sticks out. I have pride. Right. I'm proud of something. We're proud of those things that give us back gratification and satisfaction. But be careful of those who boast about stuff, but yet they're not looking out how it's going to satisfy you, but more how it's going to satisfy them. Going back to that car salesman, they're not trying to satisfy you, but they're trying to satisfy their pocket. If I can sell you this car, I'm going to be rich off it. And then you won't have your problems on your hands. Here's a situation he's pointing out to the Judaizers that they're making it harder for these Galatian Christians to understand how to walk in obedience. And basically, in modern vernacular, they're talking loud and saying nothing. So they, they're boasting about what they do not do. We need to know what to boast about and what not to boast about. Seek to know what is true and live out this truth. There's some people that are repeating stuff that somebody's boasted about, but they don't have the reference. They don't have the receipts. You can always ask somebody where they got their information from. If they can't tell you, then you don't have to trust that information. You can take it with a grain of salt and go do the research yourself. We have, are dealing in a time now that studies have shown us how misinformation has hindered and hurt people's psychological and mental capabilities. That we have seen people commit suicide, we see depression on the rise, and we see a lot of aggression and abuse happening just from misinformation in addition to social media. When you have a platform, as I mentioned, have 8 billion people looking at it, being influenced, that's a lot of reach, y'all. Let me help you understand the numbers here. 8 billion, and there's only 300 million in America. Right. So think about the numbers of multiplication of being reached and then people are being impacted, inundated with so much lies and mistreatment that people are feeling ashamed about their bodies, about their lifestyle, basically how they see stuff on the information. But yet the people posting the stuff is not living that way. We heard people getting called out, how they live in an opulent life. I'm about to get on a private jet, but it's a picture of them showing them in coach on that same day from that same post. People will act some ways. You know, they, they'll talk about how, look at my nice car that's on loan. That's not mine. I'm just posing in front of it to act like it's mine. 
And so we're understanding how people are being inundated, boasting on stuff that does not matter, but having some people losing their mind trying to get the stuff that's only fleet. So we must understand that am I boasting on things that matter? What matters are things that are eternal. Early in this letter, he talked about you reap what you sow. Those who sow in the flesh are going to reap corruption, death, and decay. But those who sow in the spirit, they will reap eternal life. And so that's why Paul is pointing out that you see what they're doing. These Judaizers are giving you false teaching. They are telling you how you ought to live and what is beneficial, but yet they're not living out the life themselves. He's pointing out to them that, again, that if you're trying to keep the law, you've got to keep all the law, not just one of the law. Not one of the law is going to make you right. Nothing makes you righteous. Nothing makes you justified by itself, only by Christ himself. You cannot work your way into heaven. You can't work your way to be justified. Paul makes this very clear in Galatians second chapter. We talk about justification. You can go back and look it over and realize that we are only justified because God says we are justified for those who place their faith in Jesus Christ. So this points to us why he boasts in the cross. Galatians 6 chapter verse 14. Y'all with me there? As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified. And the world's interest in me has also died. Notice again, uh, the cross of Christ. Let me further illuminate this picture for you, illustrate this picture for you. You know, when Christ was taking the cross to Calvary, there was other criminals carrying a cross. And so the cross by itself, before Christ, embraced the cross, represented capital punishment. It was a penalty. And not everybody died that way, only those who were not Roman citizens. And then if you were a Roman citizen, but if you caused an insurrection or a crime against the government, you would die by the cross. Now, why was the cross chosen? You're asking some good questions today. The reason why the cross was chosen because it was the most horrific and terrible punishment way to give as a public display. They understood that it could be used as a deterrent because the bodies will stay up to remind everybody, don't you cross this Roman government or this will be you. And so it was used as a deterrent and used as a weapon and used as a great way of punishment and death. That they understood that the cross don't represent something glorious, but yet the glorious son of God humbled himself to die on the cross. So therefore, now when we look at the cross, we don't see Romans punishment. We don't see Romans penalty. We don't see Romans superiority. But yet we see the resurrection. Y'all don't hear me. We see the redemption. We see salvation. We see the blood that gives us strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. So what does the cross mean to you? Does it mean that you must submit and surrender now and live for him? Because that's what Paul was pointing out, that it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me, who died for me, who set me free, who bled for me. Galatians 2 and 20, go check it out. And so it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. 
And so we understand that if I'm going to be a new creation, I have to be dead to this world. But yet again, he's speaking to the current time frame when they still are using the Roman cross as punishment and penalty. That's why 1 Corinthians 1 and 18, Paul writes it this way. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. Notice again how it's foolishness to those headed to destruction. Who's headed to destruction? Those who are seeking after the flesh. Who's headed to destruction? Those who are boasting about things that don't matter and will work or their effects will work into eternity. Who is boasting and going into destruction? Those who are satisfying the needs of the flesh instead of showing the manifestation and the fruit of the spirit. Who is on the way to destruction? Those who are seeking after whatever will make them feel good today and don't care about the power and the, and the penalty of the future. Those who are seeking after the satisfy their own desires which are wicked and evil all by themselves instead of having the word to be a light unto the path and a lamp unto their feet and directing it to keep them on the straight and the narrow path, trusting and leaning on only God's word. See the cross, or let me further emphasize, the cross of Christ represents salvation of mankind. The Hebrews writer helps to illustrate it this way to us in 12th chapter, verse 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor. Beside God's throne. Jesus bore the shame of the cross. Our pain, our penalty. So that we might know redemption and reconciliation through the cross. Through him who is now seated at the right hand of his majesty. And so verse 15 of Galatians 6 chapter says it does not matter. Whether we have been circumcised or not, what counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. Have you been changed? Because we are changed once we acknowledge the cross of Christ. Jesus, before he got to the cross, says that you cannot be my disciple unless you pick up your cross. Basically saying that symbolically you must be like me and submit to the will of the Father. You understand how when Christ died on the cross, Romans thought they were killing him. Romans thought they were putting him on the cross. Romans thought it was them that held him on the cross. They thought it was the nails they put in his hand and the nail they put in his feet was holding him to the cross. But if you know, like I know about our God, can nothing hold him. Christ made it clear to him and says, I'm going to lay my life down and I'm going to pick it back up. He let him know that if I wanted to, all I got to do is call. My, 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 my imagination said, all I got to do is snap my fingers. <laughs> all I got to do is just whistle. All I got to do is wink an eye and the angels and the, that are not of this kingdom can come and shut you down. But that 
redemption should come, that, so, so that salvation shall come, so that you will know my mercy and my grace, I will lay my life down so that you will know that I can defeat death by rising on the third day. See, the cross serves as a symbol of defeat of death. And so when we pick up our cross, we understand that I have nothing to fear here. We fear death. Think about how hard it is and why people don't want to go to the hospital. They don't, they, they don't go to the hospital because they fear life. They fear death. They're fearing I'm going to get bad news. What's bad news? It means something's going to shorten my lifespan. Y'all don't hear me? I'm talking to the scared, the scared crowd right now. I see, I see, I see. And so we understand that, man, death is the final statement. But yet Jesus says that if you live in me, you shall live. And, and, he, and, and you know when he said that? At a funeral. He was around dead bodies. Let them know that. Why y'all sad? <laughs> Do you believe in the resurrection? He says, because I am the life and the resurrection. Though you, he may die, yet he believe me, yet he shall live. But Jesus understood. Y'all don't hear me? <laughs> Lazarus, come forth. Now y'all see. I told y'all what y'all did not know, but now you see. He's alive. Only, only for him to illustrate to them that I have power over death. So the cross shows that why, I, why am I living for this world that has nothing to offer me? Death is present here. But yet Christ came to bring life back to where there is death. And so once we allow Christ to come into our hearts, then we become a new creation. We start to be changed and transformed. And hallelujah, thank you, God, that change happens in an increment mass, and that it's a, it's a growing process, it's a maturation process, because Lord knows that we didn't get it overnight. Because there's some good days and there's some not so good days. And so Paul's pointing out to them when he writes them this letter, he says, hey, what, ha- what happened? You started off well, but now you're off the track. And that can be true in many of our lives. And some of us, and we are true that there's times that we've been, we started off well. But somewhere down the line, we got off the track. We started indulging some things we should not have been indulging. We started saying some things we should not be saying. We started looking at things we should not be looking. We started doing some things that we don't want anybody else to know about. And now we're wondering, how can I get back on track? Well, that's why he talked about he who is spiritual. Restore your brother that is now in fault and, and bring them, restore them and replace them. So that's the beauty of the body of Christ, that when we are working and surrounding ourselves with one another, brothers and sisters of the same mind seeking after Christ, that if I see my sister or I see my brother and they're hindering and they're hurting, that I will come around and I will lift them up and encourage them. I won't judge them. I won't condemn them. I won't put them down. But yet I will lift them up and say, let us together go and seek after. We boast in his grace and his mercy, not in our work on what we have done. We don't live to bring glory to our name, but to his name. In Christ alone, we find our freedom and our true purpose. Living for others will give us greater satisfaction than living for ourselves. And that's why we're following after Christ, and we won't be able to live as hypocrites, because hypocrites live for themselves while they're saying they're living for others. 
That's what Paul is pointing out to them, saying they tell you do this, but they're not doing what they say. We want to boast the right way. We want to boast in humility. We want to boast in sacrifice. We want to boast in mercy. We do not put demands on others and judge them harsher than we judge ourselves. Instead, we will walk in humility and grace to show others the same love we have come to know through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Living like this brings glory to our Lord and reflects who we belong and who we serve. Verse 16, Galatians 6 chapter, may God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. Sometimes they say new children of God or the new Israel. But notice again, the blessing comes to the obedient. I'm going to highlight something. A lot of people want to cause mess and ask God to bless mess. Let me help you out. Blessings come to the obedient. I got a few amens. Um, open up the book of Psalms. The first psalm lets you know, blessed is the ones who are seeking after righteousness. His desire is on his word. He meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted by the water. He has his fruit in due season. The psalm opens up with a blessing to the obedient. Blessed are those. Uh, y'all still don't hear me. Uh, 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 Jesus' famous message, his famous sermon. Sermon on the Mount opens up with blessing. We call it the Beatitudes. Blessed are the peacemaker. Blessed are those who thirst. Blessed. So blessed are the obedient ones who are, for, are, are fulfilling the law, are doing what God has called you to do. You know what God loves. He loves righteousness. He loves justice. He loves mercy. Do these things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So when you're doing this work, guess what? You don't got to beg for God's blessing. Matter of fact, when he talks about giving, he says that I will open up the window, call you out a blessing. You won't have room for it. But that blessing is to the obedient, not the disobedient. Those who are bringing their tithes and the offering to the storehouse. He says, I will bless you. Y'all understand how God blesses obedience. That's why we get excited knowing we serve a merciful God, a gracious God. Because he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, repent and turn from their ways, then I will hear from heaven and I, oh, glory be to God. And I will bless the land. See, you understand here that if I can trust my God to be who he says he is, how my life will be better. How I need to be obedient to his will and his word and not try to seek and satisfy myself and then say, God, get me out this mess. You reap what you sow. God will not be mocked. It's right there in the text. So if I want to sow more love, I need to, I'm sorry, if I want to reap more love, I need to sow more love. You get in what you put in. Y'all know how that works. Many of y'all got an empty bank account. So 
to make God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. Boast in your new family. You got some new spiritual pictures. Uh, you may not be able to post it all the time. People may not see it. But you can post some things on your, your social media page and say, look at God. Simple stuff. This is what I'm talking about, simple stuff. I woke up this morning, look at God. I got a job, look at God. My children made a home safe, look at God. Y'all don't hear me? Everything is good in the house, look at God. See, I don't need a boast about I got a new car. I don't need a boast about I got a new big house. No, I'm just boasting, look at God moving in my life. Because the things that people have made important in this world are not important. I don't need to know who is the top one billionth man who has the most money. When they're not helping me out, we got hungry people in the streets. But you want to make sure I'm going to know who got all the money. But all that money is not helping. Why we got poor folks? Come on now. You know, we got poor folks. You know, poor folks. They can't afford the OR. You see, we live in a world that we magnify something, but yet we have used to oftentimes ostracize and demean and dehumanize those without. But yet, God says that you look after the least of these. Isn't that something? He says, when you look after the least of these, you've done unto me. My, my, my. I don't need to line up to have a billionaire sign my book and how to get rich. When the man owns the cattle on thousand feet, the earth and the food is there belongs to him, has given us a book that says go out into the highways and the byways. Go out to those who have not and give to them and serve them and love them. Y'all don't hear me? See, we want to boast in what is eternal and what the spiritual God has called us to do. Boast in that you have a place over in glory, and this is not your home. But you are just passing through. And so keep on seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, knowing that God will add all these things unto you. Keep placing the Lord first and yourself last. You understand how they say it, right? There won't be no U-Haul attached to your car. But yet, the Bible tells us that there is great rewards for us in heaven. My question is, have you been invested? You get in what you put in. And so, if I'm putting in more love, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see what's on the other side. So, so you have been changed by the blood of the Lamb. Because you now live for the Lord. Paul said it this way, I boast in the cross. Live as his people in a new covenant with God, knowing that the peace of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God should be your true characteristics. No longer living for someone to pat you on the back, but living now how you can lift somebody else up and know that one day you'll be able to rest from your labor. Understanding here that Paul is pointing out to us that we are not living for ourselves no longer, but now we live for him. 
And look how Paul gets frustrated with them. Look at verse 17. He says, from now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things. He said, I already got too much already. I, I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. Don't question me. It's because they're still persecuting me because I preach the cross. I preach Christ and him crucified. They want to tell you how you can get saved. I'm telling you, you already been saved. So dear brothers and sisters, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. He blesses them in the closing of this letter. But before he blesses them the second time, he lets them know. Verse 16, may God's peace and mercy, y'all see that there? Be upon all. Be upon all. Now, he's being specific and directing his audience. Uh, I'm not Telling these to those who are not going to follow right. But those who are following right to upon all who live by this principle, they are the new people of God. So I want to encourage you. Are you boasting the right way? Are you boasting on what matters most? And does your lifestyle reflect your boast? May we boast in Christ and Christ alone. And may he, may he, and may he be our source, our goal, our focus. Pastor Christ is going to lead us in time of reflection and prayer. Pastor Christ. Amen, church. Let us boast about Christ and Christ alone. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father God, we come thanking you, Lord, for being who you are, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, that there is no other God but you and you alone, Heavenly Father. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and all they that dwell therein, Lord. Lord, we don't own anything. It all belongs to you. Father, if we're going to boast, Heavenly Father, let us boast about Christ, our Lord and Savior, Heavenly Father. Let us boast about what you have done for us. Let us boast about, Heavenly Father, how good you have been to us, Heavenly Father. Let us boast about, Heavenly Father, how you guided us, you directed us, you protected us. Lord, even when we didn't even know it, Heavenly Father. I'm reminded of that song that said, blessings coming out of nowhere, Lord, ain't that just like God? Lord, you bless us, Heavenly Father even when we don't even be thankful, Heavenly Father. You bless, Heavenly Father, us, Heavenly Father, even though we don't say thank you, Heavenly Father. Father, we just thank you, Lord. Father, help us, Heavenly Father, in our boasting, Heavenly Father. We boast about a lot of things, Heavenly Father. We boast about how great we are, Heavenly Father, but we are nothing without you, Heavenly Father. For it's by grace that we have been saved through faith. Let us boast about that faith that you have given us to know you, Lord. Let us boast about having parents that taught us who you were, Heavenly Father, let us boast about our children that serving you and worshiping you and honoring you. Athletes that's praising you and worshiping you and honoring you, Heavenly Father. Father, bless us boast in God and God alone. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we magnify you. It's in the name of our magnificent Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Price, for blessing us.
and lead us in that prayer. Thank you for those who joined us live and those who are here with us in the sanctuary. May God continue to move in our hearts and our minds. As we continue to worship him, we prepare to give God his tithes. In our offering, we want to bless those who say thank you for joining us online. You can give online as well uh, through our app and also through online. Uh, you're free to give. And, and may God continue to bless you and keep you. And Jesus loves you, and so do I until we meet again.